But if you wake up every morning, you don't like what you do. If you wake up every morning and you don't want to go to work, don't do it. It's not success. It's an illusion. So I think self-reflection is one of the most important things. Morning, good afternoon, wherever you are in the world. Welcome back to Social Convos. Back at 9 p.m. Surinamese time, and yeah, we're back with another local guest, Sean Luke. What are we talking about today, and with who? So this is this is very fun for me to introduce our guest because I don't think he knows where I know him from. I mean, our guest when I was younger, when I was in high school, he was running one of the most popular clubs in Suriname. So that's one of the first things I remember, that he was actually running one of the most popular clubs in Suriname. He's also a very close friend of the King of the Ring, Tyron Spong. Tyron Spong is one of Suriname's biggest export products, especially when it comes to, to fighting, professional fighting. And he's a very close friend as well. And he's actually the one that got me into Cardano. So that's also a very interesting story that we might touch upon later today. And I know a lot of people, I know a lot of people who multitask a lot, have a lot of ventures, really invest in different kind of very diverse portfolio of things they do. But I can say that today's guest is one of the most diverse people I know. Like he can literally talk about any kind of business and he's had experience in any field. So without further ado, let's uh, introduce our guest uh, for today, Dave Fanada. Welcome, Dave. How are you, man? <laughs> Your intro is... Uh... <laughs> I'm blushing. Thank you. I'm doing very well, actually. Yeah, I'm living, I'm healthy, and uh, I'm good. Yeah. You're the first guest to put the full website on the show directly that whenever anybody is watching this, they know they have to go to the DavePodcast.com. It's, awesome. it's about branding. And let's help him out a bit. Let's help him out a bit. Here we go. The Dave Podcast. I, 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 can't, I can't help it that much. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a businessman. So, you know, everything is... You look at it in the commercial way. We're, so, we're starting immediately with a plug. Wow. <laughs> Dave, this is the first time I can remember that Diego just went out and shared a website of a guest on screen. So, so that's, 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 thank that's you, already you, really you. awesome. Okay. But before we go into the media part and I mean, there's a lot. And one of the discussions we had was in the past was about punctuality and punctuality mm -hmm. is not something that's very Surinamese. We like to have in, in, in the Dutch, they say at Haagskwartiertje, which is we're 15 minutes late and we translated it in the Surinamese hour. Like if we're saying we're going to be mm. around four, then it's, it's probably an hour after we decided to join in. And you're very punctual. And for business, that's yeah. very important. So where, where does that punctuality come from? The Dutch. I, I was someone who was always late. I was never on time. I was always half an hour late. And what I know, when I went to Holland, I went there to study. And then, oh, my English boy, <laughs> I haven't spoken English in a while. 
I went to Holland for studies. I didn't do that well, but I, I worked in Holland. And if you want to work for a company or for a boss, if you're not on time, no excuses. Uh, if it rains, if it snows, doesn't matter. You have to be on time. And they have this Dutch saying, like, if, if you're a man at night, you have to be a man in the morning. <laughs> so it doesn't matter how much you drink. It doesn't matter how hard you party that night. They would go to work drunk, dead drunk, but they would be on time. And they kind of drilled it into my system. And when I came back to Suriname, I noticed that nobody was on time, especially when I came back in 2003. And for me, time is something that that's the only thing that I can't buy, com make, do anything commercial with it. For me, if you come late, you don't respect the most valuable thing that I have, and that's my time. That's how, I, that's how important time is. So it starts with that. The person who is on time is going to be on time with the deal that you made or the production or whatever. It, it has to do with your mentality. And I'm always 15 minutes, minutes earlier. And if I know that I'm going to be late, I will notify you at least half an hour up front. There's a possibility I might be late. That's how I start. And usually I'm still on time. It's a small sign of showing that uh, you do what you say. If you don't even come on time with the first appointment you make, then you're already not, your word is not bond for me. I wholeheartedly agree. Did this, I, I had to think of Gandalf saying, wizard is never late, nor is he early. He arrives precisely when he means to. And if you control this time, you basically control what you want to do and you, you know, yeah. like a wizard, you could do anything. So I really, really respect <laughs> that. And I agree with you. We, we kind of have a lax punctuality here. I myself uh, have been forcing Sean Luke kind of with this show to show up on time. So I'm happy to see more people who yeah. are very aware of this. But with that being said, speaking of time, has there ever been a time where due to some unforeseen circumstances, something happened that you were late or you had a very important meeting? How do you handle such a situation where something out of your control impacts what you do? Oh, no, I must, I must be honest. The more you do, the more mistakes you make when it comes to certain appointments. And uh, what I do is I tell the truth. I don't make up excuses. If I'm late, I'm late. I'm calling you. I'm like, yo, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an ass. I'm so sorry. It skipped my mind. Put it on the wrong date. It happens. So, um, I want to dive into that. Whatever one. time you want to make for me. Yeah. If you're wrong, you're wrong. And stop making excuses. No, what's the craziest reason or the craziest thing that happened to you for you to be late to an appointment? Can you remember that? Party the night before, boy. <laughs> I, I go hard sometimes. <laughs> no. Yeah. The, sometimes I, I meet people while I'm in, in a social gathering. You know, like we're playing... I don't know, shooting pool or going out or doing whatever. And, and then somebody gives me a call and you should not answer a business call actually when you're drinking. And that's when I, I don't drink anymore, but it happened before or smoking, whatever. And then sometimes I forget appointments. But if it's a really important, how, how should I put it? Yeah, sometimes I fuck up too. <laughs> yeah, that's the most honest answer. We all make mistakes, yeah. but just be honest. 
just be honest about oh man i forgot or i forgot to put it in my agenda or whatever but i don't make up excuses that that brings us to so now we like to make up excuses. to an interesting topic because so mm. what do you when you look back at since you've been back in Suriname, which is almost 20 years for you is there yeah. is there something that business-wise defines who you are or is the fact that you've done so much over this past almost 20 years that that defines Devanada? Business defines me. Your company or whatever, the best investment I think I ever made is in my brain. And it doesn't matter whatever you build, it's just material things and you 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 decide how much you hang on to it. Some people are willing to give their life. I am only, uh, I said, whatever you do, just make sure you're the best at it. You can be like me. I used to be a garbage man. Just, I made sure I was always on time. I delivered the services. I would do anything. You could eat from the floor after I left. It was the simplest job, but I saw potential in it. And that's why I'm like, okay, then I'm going to be the best at it. And yeah, so that, and nothing really, all the things I did, I loved it. I, I, if, if you start anything, if you don't like what you do, don't, don't even start. I, I, I like journey. Quickly, you, you mentioned there, you, you are a garbage man and you are the best at it. So can, can you tell us, yeah. you know, cause you know, uh, garbage men or disposal, it's seen as very, you know, lower class or very dirty, but and certainly yeah, the lowest. yeah, yeah. And I've seen them outside yeah. uh, mm. in the Netherlands, in New Zealand, and it's a very respectable job and very well paid as well. Yeah. So, mm. <laughs> could you spill <laughs> some secrets? <laughs> could you spill some secrets on or misconceptions on what people have on garbage disposal and the garbage Be industry in general? I'm not going to bring it into, it's just going to bring everything in general. If, if you do a test and you will ask somebody, uh, would you have a Mercedes Benz dealer and earn 200,000 euros a year or be a, a, a working at the market selling fish and earn $1 billion a year? 90% want the Mercedes Benz outlet. But I want, I, every job that nobody wants to do, you get better pay. So it's for me, it's it's very simple. You have, if you have 10 million people in a country and everybody's your client and you get $1 per day from all those 10 million, you make $10 million a day. So you get very drunk from taking small sips. There's a running joke, a meme going around in Suriname right now of the teacher telling like, you better study or you're gonna, you're gonna mow the lawn. And I'm saying like, yeah. but the person that mows the lawn now earns more than the teacher. So it's, it's, it's kind yeah. of this story. It's, it's fun. Gregory, uh, in case you don't know yeah. the back, back story behind Dave, Dave actually, he's, he wasn't only a garbage man. He, he owned a garbage company. So that's a little bit, a little bit of insight as well. We're getting a good evening guy, guys from Jill. Welcome for joining in. And Joel is being confronted with his personal punctuality issues. So Anil is also joining in, so welcome. And yes, of course, the honest, hardworking garbage man is always worth more than a corrupt, unethical politician. We promised, we didn't make promises, but I don't think we're going to go into politics just because there's so much we can discuss for today. But, but how... Don't put shit in your mouth. 
how how did you combine doing the garbage business together with hospitality so i never think about anything i just go with my gut feeling and i have to start from the beginning i came back to Suriname. <clears throat> a friend of mine called me let's open up a clothing store because you're not doing anything at school and i was hustling on the street so it's like you know it's, it's better if you do just normal business i didn't do drugs there's also other things but anyways what happened is i came here but my background is being a, a door bouncer i had a Sudanese passport and i wasn't allowed to work in holland legally so that's why i was at the door the whole day and i had the worst door so i knew a lot about clubs how to keep it safe and when i came here i met this guy who has kings he's the biggest and he owns the biggest alcohol selling company i don't know what the name is but they sell the most alcohol in Suriname. and they i told them i want to open a bar and he just bought this, I think it was next to you guys, La Bastille. He just bought it and he said, I'm yeah, going to tear it down in two months. Yeah, my dogs. Yeah. So he's like, I'm going to tear it down in two months and you can go and play. I had no experience. So what I did is I went to uh, one of the hottest clubs back then. That was Club Touche. And I looked at who was the best bartender. And I approached him. I told him, I'll pay you double if you help me with my opening. And yeah, so we opened up that night. And while people were ordering drinks, I was practicing and... Within two weeks, we were the hottest clubs and life happened, you know, so I never thought about it. I just had belief in that it, everything would be right in the end because the worst thing that can happen is it goes wrong. That's how I started. And then I had my clubs and everything because after that, I, I did how to do it. But when I got fucked by my partners, excuse my French, I said, I don't want to be in the club business anymore. And then I started to pick up garbage with my station wagon. I took out all the chairs and three years later, I was the biggest in the waste management at the moment we are the, by far the largest we are the only ones that uh, are allowed to handle waste at the port for example and after i made some money with waste management i already know how to run a restaurant so it was very easy to open up another one and that's the garden next to you but after a while i couldn't combine it anymore because doing theater cannabis also so i have a good team my wife she supports me and everything so i don't know it just You'll find a way. It's just how you become a father and a mother when you have a child. You just know what to do. If you start, if you started one business, you can start more. Just do your research. That's the most important thing, and just love what you do. It, and and the only difference between you and me is is what's what you believe. It's not what you're capable of. Because if you look at my report cards, they, those were the worst. I was definitely not the best in school. But I walk with my iPhone, and I don't. I use it as a personal university. That's, that's everything I want to know. I just Google it. Tutorial, tutorial, tutorial. How do I do this? How do I do this? How do I do this? I watch 10, 20 movies and I try it. Definitely. You have to dedicate yourself. And, and usually, I, maybe I do 10 researches on a daily basis. And then sometimes five years, you don't even need it. And then something comes onto your path and you're like, hey, uh, uh, now's the time. Yeah. So you mentioned quite a bit. It's, there. it's very easy. Yeah. You, you mentioned quite a bit there. And uh, the, the first thing I want to highlight is you started many businesses. You uh, dealt into different industries that seemingly seem unrelated at first. <laughs> and you've been able to find the link between them to, you know, leverage the the benefits in one in, in another. But then the next question comes to play in, you say you have a great team, props to your wife as well. How do you form? She's my team. 
a team or maybe we should get your wife on that how what do you look for <laughs> in a team what do you look for in a wife to be able to run so many businesses she needs to understand you need to listen to her men need to listen a little bit more to their wives and don't be a stubborn that's the best tip they're harder when it comes to business they have a different scent takes sense that's when, when when i when when i have a certain meeting and i want you to meet my wife because i want to know how she feels does her, does the, do the hairs on her back stand up when they when they shake hands that's enough for a woman to know so i didn't know she was, <laughs> i didn't know she was listening okay okay <laughs> yeah yeah but you have to be a team and we have a very male dominant culture but she wants best for if your wife sees that you believe in her she'll be your best support she will be the one wake you up in the morning fuck get out of bed you need to go to work yeah hey you have this meeting at this time hey you have to call him hey you have to do this hey you have to do that trust me the back office is no joke all day dave this dave this dave this <laughs> so i i quickly want to share a story about the the garden and i'm gonna put it out first when i was studying in manchester there was a sky bar in manchester in the hilton and one of the things i remembered from that sky bar is you would get these nice peanuts and crackers for free when you would arrive at at at, at the at the bar and then you would take like mm -hmm. four bites out of them and your mouth would be so dry and you would be so thirsty and you would immediately order a drink. And when you started with the garden, the first thing I noticed is you had these crackers and these, I think it was uh, krupuk, and you would get free <laughs> spicy krupuk on every table. And I remembered instantly like, yeah, this guy knows what's going on. This guy knows how to, how to sell. And I just wanted to share that story with you. Because this was one of the, the like research it. things. Selling something has always has psychology behind it. For example, when you have a bar, know that you're selling an illusion. People are tired of work that day. They're going out. They want to be someone they're not maybe or forget about their problems. That, that's why they drink or want, just want to meet people. Because usually when you meet them at the daytime, it's, it's 180. It's definitely a totally different person. But when they come in, I try to sell them that illusion. Is that one time in their life that for you was just a day at work, but till today, I think I have one of the strongest networks because of my club lives. Everybody that came in, if possible, I would have a drink with them. I would give, try to give them a special uh, a night. So nowadays, when you meet anybody like, yo, this guy, he, he helped me one time, you know, when, knowing that, then you treat your, your job in a different manner every day. You, you, you need to appreciate what you do. That is a, so then you come up with ideas because you try to be your own client. How, what would I like if I would be in my club? Okay. How would I get thirsty? I'm a stingy person. Okay. Krupuk. Ah, okay. I'm going to eat. Okay. Now I'm thirsty. So okay, I'm going to put a krupuk on the table. <laughs> and you have to read, man. And if you don't like to read, go use audiobooks. I don't like to read. Everything is on audiobooks. Whatever you want to know, whatever you want to know. Just be willing to listen to people you haven't met or anything, but who are very successful. Usually you go to a friend 
Oh, as, as broke as you are, why do you think I should do this? He doesn't know. He does not know. So, so look for people. Let's say you want to be, uh, look for a role model in whatever business you are in. And look at the path they, 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 they walked and everything. That could be a, a great help. But now I want to know how you actually got into crypto. Because it's a segue. <laughs> so I, I'm trying to connect these segue, segues because we're going to jump into Hanup as well. But first, let's do first do crypto. Because how, what, okay. what, what happened that you, you got into crypto? Because to, to tell you in a front it's, story, it's, it's, just to tell you, I told Diego, like, yeah. did, did you know Dave was very happy into crypto? And he was like, wait, what? What, what happened is years ago when, when BTC was still about 10 cents, somebody told me about Bitcoin and I didn't pay attention. And then years later, somebody came to Suriname with this dude who wanted to introduce ATMs, the first Bitcoin ATMs back then. I'm talking about seven years ago. And he told me about Bitcoins and everything. And I went to Hoofdrat, he was the Minister of uh, Finance back then in Suriname. And he told me, Dave, you try to bring Bitcoin to Suriname, I'm going to lock you up for Ponzi schemes. I told him, I don't, I don't even want to have this discussion, you're too stupid. So I left. Back then it was $200. He had a, a USB stick with him with 4,000 Bitcoins on that stick. <laughs> he was just walking around with it. And then it started to go up and I started to, you know, check it even more. And at a certain point of time, in a certain point of time, and then I think about 40% of my day, I do day trading. That's, that's my biggest obsession. Yeah, so I've been Cardano, I saw the release of Cardano, Ethereum, Litecoin, uh, BNB, all those coins before they launched, I was already in crypto. But the, the first crash, the real crash for me was in 2017, I think. That's when I took a heavy hit. But now it's going a little bit better. You live and you learn. But I don't talk a lot about what I do is I do trade for people for a certain rate. And my rates are not cheap. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. At the moment, I am almost recovered from the last Elon fuckery. I really hate Elon. <laughs> <laughs> that single tweet, that single tweet cost me a lot. Yeah, he really, he really fucked yeah. the cycle. I mean, for day so traders, Elon Musk for now. day traders, Elon is like a nightmare. Because if, sorry, when, when the market drops, your auto sale does not work if it drops too fast. Yeah. You just miss the auto sale. So I just had to watch the drop happen and just wait. I, I am also a hustler, but day trading gives me the adrenaline. Okay. So from my understanding, you currently actively still day trade, right? Yeah, man. Okay. First question. My hands are itching to, to check, to check my, my account. <laughs> question. I have neck pains from watching. My phone the whole day. Yeah, first question. I, I want to draw some parallels with um, day trading. And you talked about, you know, sales, the psychology behind sales in the bar and, you know, mm -hmm. knowing what they want, putting some salted uh, snacks there to awaken the thirst and get people to buy drinks. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of psychology behind it. But even also in day trading crypto, there's a lot of market psychology in play. So, yeah. Can you correlate any teachings or, you know, insights from psychology and sales and how the market psychology works? 
Yeah, man. When they say it's gonna pump, it's gonna dump. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Oh, it's buy. <sighs> buy the rumor, sell the news. Buy the rumor, sell the news. Sell the news. Could you? Could you elaborate on that uh, with an example for us on for the for non one of the Elon tweets, non, for example, yeah. or, or the Doge pumps? How you approach one of Doge. those situations? Yeah, break it down for us. How Dave looked at that opportunity uh, and dump. I hate Doge. So when you're a trader, meme coins are the reasons why cryptocurrency is a bit running behind because the, the good money, the real money is going into shit projects. And I remember buying 1 million Doge for not even $500. And then a friend of mine told me, you're a trader. You can't buy Doge. It's a shit coin. I sold it for $300. I sold it at a loss. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> 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 oh, this is a brilliant. Story. So that one still hurts still still this day, yeah, till this day. I, so that's why I really hate you. Yeah, I I feel guilty uh, because the body was not. So <laughs> I feel, I feel guilty for selling off twelve thousand Doge for under a cent or under under no. one cent. <laughs> oh God. No, I yeah. I bought it for zero 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 something. Yeah. Oh man. yeah. So those really bite bit my ass. Yeah. No, but do your research on any token, especially altcoins that you buy, because you can lose a lot of money in, 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 in a short period of time. I remember investing $1,400 in a token called Capacity <clears throat> in 2016, and it pumped in 36 hours to $148,000. And they told me to cash it. I'm like, fuck no. This is going to get a, hit a million within a week. And it went out back down to $600. So <laughs> day trading, uh, you have a lot. It's start small. Just, just invest into some tokens that you want to hold for a while and then start trading small and then start to learn the technical analysis, the TA, the Fibonacci tracement, the Boilinger. Like you need to know what it's about when you look at the, the the candles how many red candles is it the abcd is it going to be a uh, is it a bull trap bear trap all those things that i'm saying it's basically another language yeah no no it is but i can tell you this i learned trading without a degree and i can do stocks now because of crypto so what i like about crypto is it it it, it's, it learns you a lot about finance no, also you can you can learn a lot about finance and investing, and you have your own power. And if if if, if you do it wrong, you have your own, only yourself to blame. Exactly that ownership. So yeah. Then there's one more thing I want to ask sure. about your experience. So you say you've spent let's say forty percent. You you're consistently on a daily basis, actively busy, reading charts, looking at the news, seeing what happens on your phone. How long did it take yeah. you? being discommitted on a daily basis to be consistently, you always have losses and wins, but consistently over a, a few month period, start getting profitable from a pure day trading approach. I, I only, I only trade during a uh, certain, I wait for the bull run. I didn't trade for two years. You have to wait. And then when new bull started last this last November October, I already stepped in immediately because. And then within a week, I was back up to speed. 
Yeah, it's you have to enjoy it. It's not like I'm like, oh my god, he has to work twenty percent. I'm I'm just what I love to watch the screen. For me, it's like a video game. I love it. I just love, like to see the numbers and everything because I don't watch YouTube movies videos that much. Or use I look at graphs and I I look at the nature of the car and the the beast. How does it move? Does one go twenty percent up, twenty percent down? So when it's down, to buy a bit of those, you know. So. You have to get to know your tokens because nobody taught me. So all I did for maybe a month is just watch the screen. Just looked at the numbers, how everything moved, how everything moved, and then started to try to figure out, okay, that was different last time and that was different yesterday. So maybe, oh, okay, okay. That's how I started. I just watched the screen and I said, I, I know I'm going to learn something from this. Just just watching it. It's really interesting because there are there is there is repetition. I mean, you you can see repetition, and that makes it, but but of course, like it, it's not the same all the time, exactly the same all the time. So and that's and that's also, and then you get people like Elon, who kind of short or long something for no specific reason, and it's like it it completely. Well, I mean, and and we should put a disclaimer in, because when we talk about crypto, often when people talk about crypto, it's like. You can only win, but you only hear people talking no, about. No, 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 no. They, you only hear, especially like on YouTube, you only hear the people talking about what they gain, but they don't talk about their losses. And and I think that's really it's funny because, like when when peak Elon right before he went on to Saturday Night Live, when everybody was like, yeah, he's going to on Saturday Night Live and it's gonna be amazing. Right before there, I was kind of. I had taken, I had cashed out a little bit because mm. I wanted to have things free for if the, the the downfall came, I was ready to buy again. And I was like, I guilt tripped myself into, let's try a couple of alts that haven't jumped yet. And when yeah. I went to Binance to get those alts, all of a sudden a disclaimer popped up. And I've never seen that disclaimer in my life. Because I usually don't trade these kind of altcoins. I rather stay in Ethereum or Hive or things yeah, yeah. that I'm familiar with. And all of a sudden, Binance gave me this, like, are you sure this is really high risk? You probably <laughs> shouldn't do this. And I was like, why does Binance do that? I mean, like, I, I, I'm in it for myself. I'm reading the white papers. So I know the yeah. risk. And yes, those completely tanked up till now. So it's funny that yeah. that even Binance like exchanges like putting a warning like you're about to attempt a coin that we kind of are like we don't know about. So are you sure? And I was like, yeah. Yeah, of course, I'm sure. And then it's worth it's not worth anything. It's like worth a fourth of when I bought it right <laughs> now. <laughs> you do know art finance? It's a it's art finance. I don't know it's some token I bought. It was the second. It was the biggest hype. I think about a month ago, uh, it went from the thousand dollars I put into it into fifty-two dollars. So yeah, you ha you can lose a lot, or if you type in the wrong number, I I lost zero point six BTC one time, filling the wrong number. <laughs> so yeah, crypto. If you don't have, if you don't wear a diaper, don't don't even start. You know, don't even just buy some and just keep it for the next 20 years because I ain't touching my crypto until I'm older. 
it's way too young to touch to touch anything. Projects like Cardano, that's a no-brainer. Ethereum, I'm not really that much on Ethereum. It's been there for way too long, way too much money is in it, so it's not performing the way I'm hoping. XRP, that's a killer right there. Those are short shots. And the almighty Bitcoin, but Bitcoin is losing its dominance finally. So now people are going to look at projects. <clears throat> Last yeah. question, though, but, oh, for my side, those, and then Diego also has a question. Did, the, yeah? But those taught me one thing. I'm going to buy a little bit of Shiba Inu. But <laughs> oh. <laughs> just, to make, just to make sure. Just to make sure. I, I think on that. I did buy some Shiba. I think on that, we're synchronized. <laughs> yeah. So, so quickly, Okay, what did you want me yeah, to ask? Do you also, have yeah. you looked into the NFT market? The NFTs. Yeah, I, I love NFT. Okay. Yeah, is yeah, there yeah. is there a, a, a NFT project NFT you would is, uh, art. which you would chill? Well, collectibles. Yeah. Engine is. Engine is a good one. Engine. A N Y. Okay. That's a strong boy. Yeah. Engine is a hailer stack. It focuses mainly even the air stuff. Yeah, I, I agree. I wanted to go into one of your projects, but I didn't get into the sale. I was in the line. Forty thousand <laughs> yeah. people were in front of me yeah. in that line. <laughs> Before you buy any, make sure you follow that token for at least a month. That's, just go on that's a, good a tip. That's a great just tip. Just go on a good tip. That's a great tip. When you yeah. go into a token, follow the token at least for a month and like really follow it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Get to know the token. I I, I have a, a favorites list. It's pretty long. The the, the the more experienced you are, the more you know about certain tokens. Sometimes I don't even know if I have Zilliqa anymore or VeChain. Just giving you some tips. Yeah. So I know, and after I'm like, hey, these didn't make any runs for a while, and then, you know, because I know I know how they, how they move. But after Elon, trading really took a fucked up turn, and I'm almost recovered from the Elon thingy. So when everything goes up again, I'm gonna be happy because I, now it's accumulation time. Try to make as much, to, as, take as many tokens as possible. I think we can experience a small dip today till maybe 42, 40. I hope you already hit bottom at 44.3. I think. I'm yeah, that's some technical analysis. Uh -huh. But yeah, I, I, yeah, 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 I, yeah, I yeah. have to ask the yeah. Sean Luke is a hive guy. I'm an Ethereum guy, so I have to ask yeah. the Ethereum question. We, we you, you said yeah. Cardano is a no-brainer. Cardano is one of the, I guess, competitors on, of Ethereum, kind of, uh, trying to cover the same space. Uh, you said you haven't looked into Ethereum that much compared to the others, but Engine, for example, was built on Ethereum and then they spun off their own, their own yep. chain as well, and they, they're very focus on gaming as well. That's why it's very interesting for me. Because if you combine the gaming industry with monetization, with non-fungible tokens, with collectibles, there's opportunity there. At least that's what I see. So my question to you is... Yeah, but I look at money. My question yeah. to you is, why is Ethereum not high on your radar or, uh, as you said, looking at money from a monetary standpoint? But then also enlighten us on the more fundamentals and the spin-off projects that can roll out of Ethereum. Okay, Cardano is faster. Ethereum has always been late 
when it comes to delivering their projects, and that's something that really annoys me if you're not punctual. They're always moving ahead, the schedule, blah, blah, blah. It's always late. The long show is never on time. And like I said, they've been in it too, too long. They should have really upped their game a long time ago. And it doesn't matter if you button on the Ethereum uh, network. In the future, they will make some change into the codes that they can use it for other networks also. They're already doing that. So but from a business point, Cardano, $2.00 and five cents at the moment. Ethereum, I think, is around three, three thousand dollars. Yeah, I'd rather buy a thousand Cardano and wait because the Ethereum, I've seen Ethereum at five dollars. For me, the Ethereum run, the real run, that the, if I want to make, uh, if I just want to double up, then I would buy Nike stocks or whatever. If, when I do crypto, I want the 20x, the 50x, the 100x. Or else I'm not. I'm not even starting. And so, does that large same logic not apply to Bitcoin as well? Yeah, I, I'm not into Bitcoin anymore either. Even if it goes to a hundred thousand, you only two x. You only two x. But if you go into Audius and it goes from one dollar to eight dollar, you eight x. So for me, it's just looking at business possibilities, and it's very simple. I. 10,000 people are willing to invest $20 into Cardano because then they can say, I have 10 Cardanos. How many people are willing to buy $10 worth of Ethereum and say, I have 000. 000. 000. 000. 000. 000. worth of Ethereum? And you, lost, and you lose everything from the gas on the gas fees. <laughs> yeah, there are gas fees. No. Precisely. That, that is Precisely. Clear. So for me, Definitely. looking at the monetary, I, I would bet more on Cardano or um, DOT, Uni. Uni is a good one also. But enough could have No, yeah, I yeah, we're more. talking away. People are people are happy about the free masterclass, so so that's a good thing. But I do agree. I mean, I do want to say if Diego for gaming, if you're not into Splinterlands yet, you know I already started. Let's have a match after this podcast. Okay, okay, good. Because oh my god, that that freaking yeah. exploded the last couple of week, the last week. But okay, so let's let's make another crazy jump, and let's go from crypto mm -hmm. to industrial hemp, because that's also some cannabis. cannabis. So that's also yeah. something a lot of people don't understand, and especially there has been a certain conception about cannabis, and of course for the commercial yeah. use, and you've focused on the medical side of it, and you're one of the first people in Suriname actually to grow professionally grow no, the legally yeah. legally the first legal in Suriname to legally yeah. grow medical marijuana or no is it marijuana both i have medicinal and industrial industrial okay the, the, the permits so yeah so how did that switch come I, I was in the recycling business back then when i had the waste oil recycling company we had to close that down because the river not enough, how do you say it? it closed, got too much sand in the river, they never cleared it. So we had to close that company. But anyways, we used to recycle waste oil. And hemp is one of the best cleaners of toxic waste and whatever in the soil. Hemp is, uh, you can m take mercury out. Uh, look at Chernobyl. Chernobyl, to get out the radiation, they're using hemp. They're just planting hemp and hemp removes the radiation out of nature. Also, it pulls out radiation inside the plant, you know, like just a filter. It's a natural filter. 
and it's a very strong plant. And that's how I kind of got to know hemp. But I have been a cannabis smoker for 21 years. So, and I used to be a migraine patient and I haven't had a migraine in 20 years. So for me, I already knew the benefits of weed. Uh, so it was a no brainer when I saw that globally people were starting to accept it. I really, I jumped on the bandwagon immediately because I experienced the benefits of it myself. So that, that was a no brainer for me. And I, I, I had, I have a certain Amis passport and in Holland I wasn't allowed to work. So if my plans didn't grow well, I didn't eat that much. So. <laughs> I got my master class when I was a student. And, and, and when I saw that people are finally opening up, everything that God has put on this earth is, is to benefit the, 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 the organisms that live here. And weed is one of the best medicines that, that we have. And it's too bad that we have this perception about it. So the moment I had my chance, I went openly about it. It did have some effects. People see me as this drug dealer or whatever, gangster, halal. But anyways, it did give me a certain type of freedom after. I really don't give two shits what people think of me anymore. So before I was this corporate dude in the oil and gas industry, but after I went open about the hemp, I was treated differently also. So I'm like, oh, that's how you think? Well, then fuck you too. Excuse my French. So what's, what's the biggest yeah. misconception that people have? The thing is, lack of knowledge. The thing is, they made movies like Each and Chong's where they take a joint and then they... So when, when, the, when they get a chance to smoke the first time, they mimic that super shit. And if you and I go into a bar and we buy just one jogo, one liter of beer, and we sip it the whole day, you won't even get drunk. But I give you that jogo and you hit it in one time, a shot, the whole liter, you will be dead drunk. You will be sick instantaneously. So, but now people know, don't do that with alcohol. And so with weed, lack of knowledge, if you know how to smoke your joint, you won't even be that high. You can medicate yourself, but you have to be disciplined and, and, and people abuse a lot in the wrong way. But I've never heard of anybody getting into a car accident for high driving, for being too stoned. You don't speed, you drive two miles an hour. I never heard of anybody going out and looking for, for trouble when he's stoned. He's like, bro, cool. There's, there's so many misconceptions about weed. I don't even know where to start. Could, could you maybe start with describing what actually happens in your mind? What do you see? What do you feel? And at what point should you recognize the tipping point at it being too much? Okay, first time. I don't know how to explain. I don't know. It's like drinking two glasses of wine. You feel mellow. You feel great. And that's when you do a, a good dose. But I, I don't really want to explain it that much in a, in a positive way because I don't want to be promoting pe that people start smoking weed because that's not what I'm about. That's my personal choice. For me, I want to make medicine out of it so that people who have cancer don't have to use those stupid pills because usually they die from stomach problems and, and kidney problems because of those pills. You know, it's, it's, it's usually it's not the cancer that kills them. It's, the, it's, it's, the, it's, what, it's what they're using to get rid of cancer that, that kills the people. It's very toxic. So that's what I really want to promote. I don't want to, I'll tell you in private one time, but I don't want to, how do you say it? Uh, you don't want to do a sales pitch hungry. here. I, I, yeah. I, I do want to no, say no, no, like, no, no. I mean, <clears throat> 
there, there are different uses, like for CDB oil as well. Like if you're somebody who's mm -hmm. nervous often and it's like gets these panic attacks and those kind of things. So they're like different uses and they, of course, I think they also work differently on different people. So it's, it's not that you yeah. can say like, okay, you use this and it works for everybody. So I, I do understand, but it's, it's no. good for people to know that there's a, a medical side behind it as well. And I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, my movies watching, when I grew up, yeah, I watched Blow. I watched American Gangster. Yeah, it's, it's that kind of stereotypical thing that gets into it. Yeah. Narcos, another great example now mm -hmm. on, on Netflix. So these kind of, they, I, they kind of yeah. tell a certain narrative. I'm happy, I, <clears throat> I'm happy you said that. Do you know why it was like that? It was because it was illegal back then. So now it's just a normal company, like a Coca-Cola company. Even Coca-Cola is into the cannabis. We're the ones who are sleeping. Marlboro is into it. Then who are we to say that the same people who made it illegal are the ones earning billions at the moment? The Dutch never made it illegal. They did their studies. They did their studies. But anyways, they did their studies. There's a reason for it. So, uh, but actually, to be honest, I stopped in the cannabis industry. I quit about a month ago. I never quit. I decided to stop because I'm really fed up with politics. And I've never been in a business that has so much to do with politics. And uh, I never want to be in a business that has to do with politics again. Way too many sharks in the water, way too many liars. Yeah. And I, 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 I don't tell me what to do when it comes to business because I know my business when it comes to cannabis, especially. And they're doing a lot of things that's going to cost a lot of people a lot of money in the end in Sunum. The laws that they are trying to force at the moment are ones that cannot be applicable because the sun is going to fuck up the TC levels and we're going to have a lot of problems when it comes to uh, staying out of the 0 0.3. It's never going to work. But that's a whole different story. I'm not going to teach people anymore that don't want to listen. Let them experience it themselves. They don't want to listen to the mistakes I made. So whatever. <laughs> so speaking of moving out of, I guess, uh, not having to deal with politics, all those, you know, uh, behind the scenes stuff that nets, needs to happen. You've also, as you mentioned before, you've been into theater, into acting and into media. So this is another part where you're kind of more in the forefront as a individual, as a brand. And you recently started a podcast. Mm -hmm. Could you walk us through that journey of exploring this industry in particular, the, the media industry and what intrigued you in, you know, trying something there or doing something in that space? What I noticed that during my cannabis uh, venture, I noticed a lot of people could not understand what I was saying. And if you want to reach certain heights as a country, you need to bring your people with you to that point mentally, because all you get is people who have no knowledge and they speak as if they know, they don't know shit, you know? So with the podcast, I'm trying to educate people and just speak my mind and you don't have to be uh, you, you you can think I am saying bullshit, but I will make you think about shit. And that's important. Let, let it work. Let it work. Let it work. That's important. And I needed to vent. That's why I started the podcast because I saw that 
There's a lot of people who need to vent who have a good brain and they're not being heard. And that's why, that's how it started actually. And we just had the Jürgen Raiman also. And there's a lot of nice surprises coming to my podcast. But also I'm going to have people who are in jail. I want to speak to people who are on drugs. I want to speak to people who are mentally ill. Because we always hear from somebody who has observed them. No, let the person themselves tell you how it's like, what it's like. Let them tell you the real nitty-gritty of everything. Because nowadays, when I see a politician, I see a liar, a cheat, a charlatan. Oh, I can go on. It's nothing positive. When I grew up, when you were a minister, you were this respectable person. Now, to me, you're a cockroach. Because everything that comes out of your mouth is a fucking lie. So, with this podcast, it's also a platform for people to just openly express their feelings. Openly, not censored. I don't want sponsors. Because nobody's allowed to be censored in my podcast. Talk about whatever you want. It has to be from your heart. If, and if it's wrong, if you made a mistake, then just be honest about it also. That's, that's because I, I believe that when you discuss everything, that's when you can handle your business. Because, um, how should I put it? If they keep lying to us about what the real situation is in Suriname, you can never help to develop this country because you're working, you're trying to fix a lie. But if you actually tell us what it is, like he's a gangster, he's a drug dealer, he's this, okay, then we know, okay, this shit's not going to work, let's do it this way, and blah, blah, blah. And that's what the podcast is about. And, um, and everything has to be positive, because I don't watch news anymore, I don't read the papers, it's always negative, negative, negative. So everybody that comes, I always say in the end, how do you want to fix this? How do you think we can fix this? How do you think we can fix this? I want people to start thinking more, and that's why I'm starting a children's book. But we'll talk about it in the end. I'm getting some, and, and Diego, you're going to laugh about this. Because, uh, well, laugh, you're going to find it interesting. I'm getting, if I look at the Dave podcast, it has the Joe Rogan potential. I was for, about for to say, you're about yeah. to say that. I mean, there there are some similarities. I mean, the hairstyle, the being <laughs> the being into MMA, but but just the, the, the but it's, yeah, the volunteer, the being a host on a TV show. I mean, Dave, what Dave didn't mention is he also has his, had his own shows in Talia, in, in our theater, in our national theater, and he sold yeah. them out, you know? So as a director, yeah, yeah. 13,000 tickets. 13, tickets, and as an actor as well. Yeah. So, but I feel like, and, and Anil is mentioning it as well, and we have some uh, shout outs as well from Manir Bisa, and Anil is also mentioning it's it's very very straight to the point and 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 that's also something that Thank you. we don't have enough of so and i'm telling you when you're straight to the point you you win so much time in a day if you just if you have the guts to say no do you know how much better your day is when somebody asks you can you help me and you just say no i'm busy yeah instead of okay just say no, because they will respect it. No, I really don't want to help you at this moment because maybe I have to do this, this, this. Or I'm just tired or I'm stoned. I really, no. And the next time I'm like, yo, I can help you. Do you need my help? You know, just, just be straightforward. It's, it's, you have no idea how much release you will have on a daily basis. Just being straightforward. So we make life difficult. If you tell the truth, be straightforward and just tell it like it is. Beyond, just do normal. We make shit difficult. You know, so be straightforward. You can get a lot more out of it. So because people don't forget what you say, Dan. Yeah, we have to. We uh, have to quickly jump into this because 
how is this mm-hmm. how is this related to sick society for instance like like <laughs> it, i mean of course there's kind of sick society yeah okay i was i was playing in another no so what happened is i was i was playing a play called between men about women and that was a nice success but i was there as an actor but what what was bothering me as an actor is that i never got enough playtime because there were not enough productions and then and i asked the people like why are there no more productions and then they said nobody's a writer i'm like oh fuck it then then i took the script from the the one i played and i mimicked the build up of it like how many pages how does she write this just i just watched how she did it how what does it look like and i just started writing and i just sat in like i'm in a room and okay this woman comes in okay and the lady comes inside she says hi hi and then you have this whole conversation and whatever comes in your mind you just write it down and in the end i wrote what i saw in humanity uh, i mirrored it like people like to wear nice suits and act as if they're important but they beat their wife the whole day in the house so they're they're fooling themselves then i'd rather respect the garbage man who, who gives his his wife a, a fire lobby every day you know so those are the things i pay to put into it because there's so much fake shit everything i'm putting out right now is i'm tired of the yes my generation grew up with only lies 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 and i think that we can make a, a positive turn by just telling it like it is that's how we start it's a mentality thing that we need to fix i, that's I how think it's interesting is. because I, from a technical perspective, I, I also want to quickly jump into this because there is some backstory, but also some previous experience that helped in the screenplay as well. And I'm thinking of yeah. projects like 18 plus TV, but also other media productions <laughs> and things you were involved in or took a lead in, which actually, and I think that's a little bit underestimated as well. Just like you said, like it's an obsession. You focus on something, you become good at it, you research it, mm-hmm. you find more information, and you practice and you practice. Even if it's a practice that other people don't get to see, but you're invested and you put your time into it. And I think that's something mm-hmm. that you personify as well, that if you really go for something, but I mean like really, and that's where the fake fake thing yeah. comes in, you, you just don't, you don't act like, so it's not like you're looking for recognition. And that's a very interesting thing. No, no, no. Because one of the things that, the thing is, yeah. Sorry. One of the things that I come, acro- time, come across very often is people want to get the recognition before they have put in the work. And that's. Yeah, but the, you can keep the recognition. Yeah. Ego is, is, is your biggest blockage. I've all, I have also experienced a big ego in the past, so you need to experience it and then see what the benefit of it is not to have any, or a, a smaller ego. <clears throat> I have principles, it's a difference. But when you do something well, you it comes by itself. When you do something well, the money will come by itself, the recognition will come by itself. Every It doesn't matter who starts a hemp business right now or whatever has to do with cannabis. In the end, they're going to be like, yeah, Dave started it, and you guys fucked him. You took away his dream or whatever. But anyways, everybody, you put in the work. You have to put in the work, but don't let that be your drive. Do it because you love it. 
And you can learn to love something because it's like a video game. Like I said. The, the, the better you get at it, the more you like the game. And it's the same with work. So yeah, I can be a fanatic when it comes. I, I, I used to... I used to make diesel out of uh, waste iron, and I flew to China just to taste, to learn it. And when I came back, I noticed that they, they tricked me in nice words. But anyways, so I was, I, I was still, I wanted to find formula for the local oil that we had. I think I was in my garage for four months, from morning till night, mixing, 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 mixing. I found that baby. So you don't fail in nothing. It's 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 a learning lesson. You learn, you learn, you learn, you learn, you learn. It's failing when you keep doing the same thing every time. If you keep doing the same thing in the same way, you keep having the same results. And we lost him at the end there. Can you check with Dave? On yes, I'm going to check with Dave. Uh, um, to get him back, do you want to do a quick recap or go? Yeah, uh, no, I'll, I'll quickly go through some comments if any have been added. Uh, we have some. So Raya Busset says it's a mind shift that needs to occur, a cultural shift, uh, definitely. And it's the norms and values are what drive a moral society. Agreed. But then I ask this question to you guys in the audience now. What would... You can put it in a comment so, or send it in later if you're listening. What would need to change or for you? What would you want to see or what would you have to do to bring this culture shift? Maybe even to bring it more narrow. What do you do for yourself to help develop and go in the cultural direction that you want to go into? and live up to the norms and values that, you know, that are not instilled by society, but that you want to push throughout to society. Yeah, for you, yourself, what are you doing right now to facilitate that development? So Diego, I, yeah. I have to ask you a question now. If you look, if you look back at if you quickly look at back at your decision not to go into corporate ever, do you remember or recall the exact moment when you realized that you didn't want to do things by the traditional book to say? Yeah, I clearly remember that moment. It was the moment I had to do my graduation, my thesis for my bachelor at the university. And I applied at, I'm going to call this company's name, Delisir. And they, there was this whole bureaucratic process that had to go through. And I even had recommendations from the lecturers, right? And they still <laughs> denied it. And that's at the moment I said, no, screw it. Give them the finger. Look for my own project. And that's where, I, where it started. That was one clearly defining okay. moment. Okay. Dave's back, so we're going to put him back in. Can you hear us, Dave? Ah, sorry, sorry. Battery death, no? Yes. <laughs> My apologies. Yeah. Yeah, so what are we talking about again? Yeah, we were basically keeping the show going as you were returning, but you were explaining on, uh, what was it again, the, the cultural shift in you know the society and the, the yeah. thinking. Yeah. Uh, 
uh, it's important that we start that, in a yeah. different way yeah if you do the same things you always read the same results and we're not being successful as a country for a while so let's let's do everything different i'm telling you that so that's why we started the part of i started the podcast and people need to learn it's different to, to listen an hour to something but it's, it's, it's a form of education and that's why i try to bring in people who have a different perspective perspective of things and very shortly i will be launching my first children's book it's like dora the explorer but a tsunami style about the environment it's called the adventures of bali the otter and it's all about Suriname. And it's something that you guys are going to be proud of. I can tell you that. Yeah, that's my being yet. So let's dive a little bit into in the, into that. Because, uh-huh. and then, of course, I mean, writing a book after you have already written a screenplay, it, uh-huh. there's kind of a connection there. But yeah. how, how what, what was the inspiration to, to write the book? I noticed that we haven't had any educational books in CERN for the longest and I grew up with Nancy and without even knowing it, they teach you stuff. But back then they thought that when you were young, you only know Gugu Gaga. And then you would speak Gugu Gaga till you are five years old and then start to develop your brain. I spoke to my child like a grown up ever since she was very small and she could speak to you as a grown up since she was five. So that's why in this book, we need to up the educational level, I think. And I, I don't expect the government to do it. And this is going to be my two cents. It's not going to be like a history book or a, bio, a biology book, but it's going to be information in general. And it's, it's, it's authors mirroring humans. And a small example, they, they ask, he asks a bird with his friend. It's a children's book. <laughs> why are they why do they want gold because they cannot consume it it's not edible and the other says i don't know but while trying to find the gold they do kill everything and break everything and destroy everything that you can consume that you can use that everything that lives just to obtain something that you cannot even eat so those are small messages that i have in the book so playfully, you, you, you trigger their brain. I want to tie everything together as we close this off uh, in a bit. And I've, I've listened to your story and you, you've transitioned. Actually, looking back to what you said, everything you've done has mm-hmm. been a result of something you've been in before and you've brought that knowledge over into a new industry, like from the oil to the hemp, and then the hemp, you had the politics, and then that comes to media and knowledge and, and showing how <laughs> things are, and that this translating then into, okay, we need to educate the old ones uh, are too stubborn, yeah. so we'll start with the children, and that's where the book comes into play. And your experience yes. as a writer from a, for a screen play comes into play into writing this book. So actually, everything has been interconnected from the start. And oh, this, this is very interesting, uh, especially for people listening, wondering still what they need, want to do, what they need to do, looking like, oh, maybe I want to work for that corporate company or I want to start a creative industry. What I've noticed is a trend that's been, I've seen from a lot of successful people or uh, people who've kind of, you know, you'd consider be successful. They've gone exactly. this corporate route 
they're become suddenly unhappy. They try some things for their own. Eventually, they end up in the creator space into doing something for themselves, yeah. self-fulfillment skills. And yeah. usually it ends up into writing a book or, you know, synthesizing that knowledge on paper into for others to learn. So you have this full circle cycle of life, as I, yeah. I, I'll call it. And it seems you're at that stage now. So Mike, last question to you is, for the younger people going through this process mm-hmm. and the cliche answer would be, you know, trust the process, keep doing what you're doing. What practical, other practical secret Dave answer would you give them to, if they would ask you, how do I start? Don't be afraid to cry, man. Don't be afraid to cry. If you do business, just don't. Just let the tears come out. It's pain leaving the body. <laughs> let go of the stress. <laughs> no, it's really trust the process. I cannot explain it. How should I put it? If I look at my life, if I look back at it, now I see that everything is a puzzle. But while you're, and still I'm, I'm developing, I keep developing myself. You know, I never try to stay in one place. But the only way, yeah, it also comes down to love what you're doing or else you cannot trust the process. You have to be honest to yourself. That's the most important thing, I think, because people are like, yes, I'm visualizing, I'm visualizing. But if you wake up every morning, you don't like what you do. If you wake up every morning and you don't want to go to work, don't do it. It's not success. It's an illusion. So... I think self-reflection is one of the most important things. Do I love what I'm doing? Yes, I'm making money. It's a piece of paper. It will not hug you at night. It will not keep you warm. And and especially when you're hungry, you cannot eat a stack of dollars. So be realistic. Money is a a means to an end. It's 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 you need it to 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 get somewhere or to purchase something. And I think that while why a lot of people who are financially successful change into maybe spiritual people or write a book or whatever is because I also grew up with that illusion. And if somebody, I, I, I knew successful people and they're like, Dave, that Rolex is going to be just another watch. I'm like, no, I need my $10,000 watch and blah, blah. And now I don't even wear a watch. So success is also what do you see as, as success? But if you, if you work for a number, that was my biggest mistake. Your next Goal is going to be a higher number, a higher number, a higher number. You will never even have a single inch of f- fulfillment feeling. I don't know how to put it, but when I wrote this book, I think out of everything I've ever done, I've not even published it. Published it. My my daughter loves it, and that's it has a more fulfilling feeling, and it's it sounds really loopy. <laughs> But because of the, the the route I had in my life, I know that some people are just so poor that the only thing they have is a lot of money. I know guys who are so rich, they're so lonely. There's a thousand people around them the whole day and they're so lonely. Because I'm a straightforward type of guy, they, they have those talks with me. So, yeah. And as a barman, you become a psychologist because everybody who's drunk always has problems and they talk to you day in, day, day and night. So you, you learn a lot from, from the bar business. <laughs> so yeah, you sure. That's, that's a good insight. 
that's a that's a really really good insight and that's that's the reason why if there's something you love to do it's it's worth doing because you don't know beforehand what's the experience you're going to gain from doing that thing Man. and that that's a really beautiful thing of taking the example of being a barman owning a bar and speaking to drunk people and stuff that they tell you i mean it's is the best information you can get because it's tr- it's 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 clear it's unfiltered it it just gives you like don't lie they don't lie so that's why when they came at my body would tell me all their ins and outs and the, the business developments and secrets and a guy maybe cheating on his wife uh, everything but drunk people don't tell no tale so i would really listen people never listen to drunk people i would listen to what they have to say because that's when they pour their heart out because we have a big ego so men in certain we don't like to cry or show that we're weak i cry fuck that helps it's pain but self-reflection because like i said if you do not like what you're doing i've had companies and after four years and i'm like really somebody just please buy it or just close it it's so it's 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 bringing in money i don't even like the person now working there then you know what i mean so don't even bother man why would you want to be unhappy every day just to see that you have money that's so 2020 man after COVID, you can have a billion dollars and still you're in lockdown wake up oh, we're destroying sorry. everything that we already got for free we got food water sunlight air and we're make we're polluting the water fucking up the sun the food the water the trees it was all there for free one day somebody put a fence you cannot walk here it was put for all of us to enjoy so i'm 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 way past making money i don't i'm in a different state of mind when when you when you have higher goals then mother nature will send more than enough abundance towards me towards the person and that can be in money or just people i i think i've been in the vip section for at least 10 years now at parties i haven't paid one vip card for 10 years still mother nature made sure that i was there <laughs> Money is just a means to an end. And sometimes modern nature gives you another way to reach certain goals. So success, don't look for the number, man. For fulfillment, for, uh, yeah. That's, that's success. For me. Awesome. I think that's a very good place or a good note to end it on. Unless Sean has anything else to add. Yeah, of course. Aside from because the 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 Dave the podcast the the podcast dot com has has left, but you've seen it for at least an hour. So, uh, <laughs> okay. Dave, if people want to reach out to you, if people want to connect with you, where can they best uh, reach out or connect with you on social? In the bar. No, 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 no. I don't go. I really don't go out that much anymore. I think I went clubbing one thousand times too many. So uh, now I enjoy sitting under my lemon tree with a Buddha statue and uh, plastic chairs, a beer and a joint. I'm good. <laughs> and some good friends, some good company. No, but send me a Facebook text. I always answer. No bullshit, please. Because then I, I give you a bullshit answer also. Uh, yeah, sometimes I'm like, really? Seriously? You can ask me anything, but just I'm happily married. I want to keep it that way. So it's about a business opportunity or whatever. 
Then, okay, what if he come? Then step correct. Don't come. I have an idea. No. Okay, you've had an idea. Let me see it on paper. No, I cannot show it to anybody, to you. Then don't call me. Because you're wasting my time. If you don't trust me, don't even bother to call me. Because I'm not going to give you information just because, what? You want to do business. Don't expect anything for free. Get that illusion out of your head. Somebody already asked me one time, yeah, why don't you want to help me, assist me, pick me under your shoulder, put me under your wing? I'm like, you want me to put you on your wing to make money, right? He's like, yeah, well, I'm a businessman too. <laughs> I will be teaching you the wrong lesson if I would help you for free. That's the wrong lesson right there. <laughs> no, but you can always ask for advice, but do your homework. Every every question you want to ask me, you can ask online, Google. That's my best friend right there when it comes to knowledge. I'm a Googleist, PhD. All the knowledge is out there. It's the best time in life to know anything. Awesome. You heard the man. Don't DM bullshit in Facebook, but that's where you can reach him. And... <laughs> Me, Google, Big Brother, your best friend. I believe it. You met a cyborg, brother. You have Alice. You have Alice. <laughs> so, Diego, first of all, Dave, yeah, thank you like so much you for... You don't even have to remember it. ...for sharing this mm. information with us. It was very insightful. Diego, uh, a little bit about the podcast. Where can they find the audio file, the final version and everything? Yeah, of All course. Right. Uh, you can find the Dave podcast at thedavepodcast.com. First plugging for Dave and then for our podcast, if you've, uh, <laughs> <laughs> for the Convos podcast, Social Convos, if you missed it or tuned in late or have someone who thinks this will be an interesting conversation for them to listen to. The audio version will be released on Saturday on all podcasting platforms, including the website. I look forward to that. And we'll be back next week with a brand new episode of Social Compost. If you guys have any feedback, feel free to drop it in the comments on one of our page socials. And Jean-Luc, with that being said. Thanks, Diego. So for everybody that has been watching live, for everybody that's listening to this at a later time, thank you again for tuning in. Again, thank you for joining us, Dave. Diego, thank you so much for hosting the show. And we'll see you back next week for another edition of Social Confos. Bye-bye. Yes.